Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. Talking about the truth, the sealing, the Word of God. You're sealed with the Holy Ghost to the day of redemption. And after you have received the Word of truth, you were sealed. But there's different seasons. And the different seasons go from the season of Passover to the season of Pentecost to the season of Tabernacles. Three different seasons there which were a shadow of things to come. And of course, Christ our Passover sacrifice for us, and that is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits, which is uh, uh, revealed to us in the Gospel according to Matthew, Gospel according to Mark, Gospel according to Luke, and Gospel according to John. Then that's the first season. Then we go on to the second season, Leviticus 23, talking about the Moed, uh, the Feast of the Lord, the divine appointments of God with man. Then we go to Pentecost, Acts the second chapter. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were one mind, one accord in the upper room. And suddenly, in the sound as of a rushing mighty wind. Well, they had the season of Pentecost 2,000 years ago. Now we're in the season of tabernacles. And that's when we come into the fullness. And others say, well, as long as that we're in the flesh, we cannot come unto perfection. When Jesus gave us commandment in Matthew 5, verse 5, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the constitution of the kingdom of heaven. And in Matthew 5, Jesus states, Be you therefore perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. It's not a suggestion, it's a commandment. And then in Hebrew, uh, Ephesians 4, Paul states, uh, he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints. Now, we are to be presented blameless at the coming of the Lord, both spirit, soul, and body. And we're to grow up into him in all things uh, that we're to not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Now, that fivefold ministry for the perfecting of the saints is simply that. It's coming into all truth unto that knowledge of the Son of God. But what for? It says for the work of the ministry. The final gospel of the kingdom being preached into all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. It's for the edifying of the body of Christ. So we all come in the unity of the faith. Not 23,000 different denominations in the Christian faith. But the unity of the faith, one mind, one accord, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, not gnosko, epigonosko, which is a higher knowledge of Christ, not just knowing him after the Spirit, not after the flesh, having the Holy Ghost, but coming to the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the statue of the fullness of Christ. Now, somebody says, can we do that? Well, let's take a look. I'm reading here, quoting 1 John 2, verse 27. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, Christing you the hope of glory. And you need not that any man teach you. Now, let's see how far this goes. 
but as the same anointing teaches you of all things. Now, faith is the substance of things, hope are the evidence of things not seen. All truth is knowing all things. And it says, as and the anointing teaches you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it hath taught you, you shall abide in him. Now that leads us and guides us into all truth that will be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Well, Mystery of Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth, is there to come against Christ, an antichrist, and something in lieu of Christ. And we find that it states there a trinity in the book of the Revelation. And that is in, in Revelation 16, 13. And there are three unclean spirits like frogs, three. The trinity. And uh, these are the spirits of devils working miracles. Notice it works miracles. Signs, miracles, and lying wonders, which is strong delusion. And uh, this mystery Babylon these three unclean spirits like frogs, spirits of devils working miracles, coming out of the mouth of the dragon. Well, the dragon's the one that gives this beast his seat and great authority. Well, the beast is a false son of God. The dragon is a false father. And the false prophet is a false Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. Coming out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and of the mouth of the false prophet. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. In other words, that mouth is not one mind or one accord. It is the mouth of dragon, mouth of beast, mouth of false prophet. Each of them having the singular heart or singular person. Which, in Matthew 28, 19... It said, go you in the world, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. It does not say in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son and in the name of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because it's one name. Three different offices, not persons. And that is the strong delusion. Now, as we see, we're going to find the, the blood of the saints, and of the mortars are found in Mystery Babylon. Blood of the saints? Well, blood, yes, but they can be let the dead bury the dead. In other words, uh, some will be alive but yet dead in this revelation of Mystery Babylon, the great the mother of hearts and abominations there, because they have received this seductive spirit, this seducing spirit and doctrines of devils. Now, that's a very strong, strong influence there. It's very seducing. And the Spirit speaketh expressly in the latter days, some shall depart from the faith. There's only one faith there, the faith. That, 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Some, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to these seducing spirits. 
doctrines of devils, having the conscience seared with a hard iron, forbidding the married of abstaining from meats, which God has sanctified by the word of God in prayer. Well, we're to eat the flesh of Jesus and drink his blood. Otherwise, we have no life. And that's not only a hearer of the word, but a doer of the word, doing the will of God. There, if we know the doctrine of Christ, that he is one, not a binary, not a trinity, not a oneness. The man is God. In his glorification, he is set down with the Father in his throne. Revelation 3.21. Not beside it. The beside the throne is not a beside being a car, but is dexios, an exaltation. Not a physical right hand, but an exaltation, glorified, exalted. That's at the right hand. And David said, I, the Lord was always at my right hand. In other words, always exalted. Not physically the Lord walking with David at his right hand. So it means power and exaltation and exalted. Dexios, D-E-X-I-O-S, which is not a physical, literal right hand. Jesus is set, S-E-T, not S-I-T, like you sit in a position, but set, S-E-T, settled, a forever settled state of glory. Always been had, been God, always has been God. There, in his humiliated state, he became a man. But then, in his glorification, went back to where he was before, glorified by the Father's own self. Where is he? Well, Revelation 3.21, Jesus said, to him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne? That's a place where I prepared for you. Where did you go, Jesus, even as I overcame and am set, S-E-T, down with my Father in his throne? Why? Because the Father has glorified the man with all power in heaven and in earth and has given all things unto him. That means that the man, Christ Jesus, is the, that father, glorified with that father on self. Revelation 3.21. Now, the Lord is that spirit. Well, God is a spirit. Yes, the Lord, the man, is that quickening spirit. You see that in 1 Corinthians 15.45. So how high did he go? All the way to the Father. He is the Father of glory. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The second Adam was made a quickening spirit. There, he humbled himself to be a man, fulfilled the law, death, burial, and resurrection, and then entered back into the glory where he was before, the Father. That is righteousness. And that's what Jesus stated in John 16. He said, when the Holy Ghost comes, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Of sin, because they believe not on me, Jesus said. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father. Where is he going? Glorified with the Father's own self, back to where he was before. Before he laid aside his glory and made himself of no reputation, He's taking all that glory back. And 
of judgment because the prince of this world is judged. That's John 16. That's the reason you'll see that Jesus said, the time cometh when you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. So somebody said, well, I thought he was interceding for us now at the right hand of God. No, he is that spirit. That's the reason Jesus said at that day, that time, you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. For the Father loves me and has given me all things. He's glorified with the Father's own self. He laid aside his glory to come to the world as a man. Died, buried, rose again, got the burial and resurrection, and went back to the glory. How high? The glory of the Father. So every man will never kneel bow, never tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. Why? That's where he went. Glorified by the Father's own self, John 17, 5. Now, the doctrine of Christ that we must abide in, because it says in 2 John 9, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. And the one thing that is essential is that we must be established in the doctrine of Christ. Now, what is the doctrine of Christ? I have yet, and the churches and I have been in this ministry close 45 going on 50 years and i have yet to hear christ taught in any denomination any church broken down and established in the doctrine of christ and what is the doctrine of christ well christ is that doctrine of christ is the foundation of the church when you see there in matthew 16 jesus said Talking to his disciples, who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Well, some say that you're John the Baptist, Isaiah, Jeremiah, one of the other prophets. Who do you say I am? Now, that's a distinct question that Jesus is asking of his disciples. Peter said, thou art the Christ. You're that Christ. You're the Messiah. You're that God manifest in flesh that should come into the world. Thou art the Christ the son of the living God, that Emmanuel prophesied by Isaiah in 7, Isaiah 7, 14. A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, call his name Emmanuel. Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. You're that Christ, the son of the living God. He said, Simon Barjona, call him his earthly name. Flesh and blood have not revealed this unto thee. But my Father, which is in heaven, you see, no man knows the Son, but the Father, and no man knows the Father, but the Son, and to whom he will reveal him. It has to be the revelation given by God himself. There, he said, now thou art Peter. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Now, the whole foundation of the church is Christ, the Son of the living God. Christ, then, is an essential for salvation. Not just repentance, but we have to have the revelation of Christ as the rock. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Up on this rock, I will build my church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you, Peter, the keys to the kingdom. Whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. There, Peter preaching on the day of Pentecost because he had 
the keys to the kingdom. And he said to be born again of water and spirit. They were picked in the heart, men and brethren, what must we do? He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. No other way to have your sins remitted except baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. That's a circumcision of the heart that in the spirit, and that's Revelation that uh, Revelation 1.8, that he's the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and ending, his was and is to come, the Almighty. You're taking on the name that has been baptized into Christ and put on Christ. You're born of the water. That's a circumcision of the spirit. That's how you believe with the heart in Romans 10.9. With the mouth, confession is made in salvation. But with the heart, man believeth. The heart is the spirit, not an intellect. So that body of the sins of the flesh is cut off and destroyed by baptism, Romans 6, 4. It is the circumcision made without hands and putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by baptism, Colossians 2, verse 10 through 12. There in 1 Peter 3, it says, In the long days and the long suffering of God, in the days of Noah, wherein eight souls were saved by water. The like figure, baptism, doth also now save us. Not the putting away the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. And that is water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. All through the book of Acts, Acts 2.38, in the name of Jesus, Acts 4.12, Acts 8.16, baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, Acts 10, Acts 19, Paul himself baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, Acts 23. You look all the way through the Word of God, it's always in the name of Jesus Christ, which is the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, and there's only one uh, Spirit there. There's one body, one Spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, uh, one God who's above all, the Father of us all and in us all. Now there's one God. The Lord Jesus Christ is that God. Now, the doctrine of Christ, as we can understand and be established in that, is a mystery. Colossians 2, verse 1 through 9, tells us the mystery of God. What is the mystery of God? Well, it's to the full acknowledgement of this mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are hid, in him, in the man, are hid, all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Well, why would God hide that? Because he said, I have spoke to you in Proverbs, parables. But now I'm going to show you plainly of the Father. Now the time will come. You will ask in my name, not Father in the name of Jesus. You ask in my name, Jesus. And I say not, I'll pray the Father for you. For all that the Father's given is given unto me. Therefore, you ask in my name, I'll give it you. So when we say, Father, in the name of Jesus, we're putting him back before the cross, before his glorification, before the revealed name of God, that is Jesus, that we ask in his name. We, um, we speak the name Jesus. And at that name, everything is prostate and subject to that name. 
So Jesus said, you now, you will ask in my name. And I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. There is, no, we don't say Father in the name of Jesus, because now Jesus is glorified. What? With the Father's own self. John 16 tells us that. Jesus said at that time, when it was glorified, and he is glorified now, some 2,000 years ago, death, burial, and resurrection, and was raised in the resurrection and glorified with the Father. The Holy Ghost now being given. Jesus is that spirit. Now, that is in the doctrine of Christ. We have to understand that. And it is a mystery. The mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. In him are hid. In him are hid all treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Colossians 2. And as we look at it, it said, let no man spoil you through vain philosophy. Well, after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. As yet you are established in him, in that doctrine of Christ. For in him dwelleth, Colossians 2, 9, all the fullness, everything God is, of the Godhead in Christ Jesus bodily, one body. Well, there's only one body. And that, that is Christ. When we take a look at this revelation of Christ that he said, if any man abide not in this doctrine, 2 John 9, he hath not God. Regardless of what is being preached in, in the different denominations of the world, we have to have the doctrine of Christ. Not some catechisms, not some I think or I believe, and not the letter of the word. The doctrine of Christ must be the foundational rock of the church. And uh, that rock, Peter was given, and in his epistle tells us exactly who Christ is. First Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. Peter expounds on this and says that all the Old Testament prophets searched diligently into the grace that should come unto us. Searching what or what manner of time the Spirit, capital S, God himself, the Spirit of Christ that was in them. Christ is that Spirit. Christ is God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is Elohim. Christ is El Shaddai. Christ is Jehovah. Christ is a tetragrammaton. Christ is all that God is. And... Uh, he goes on and says, so all those prophets from, from Moses on to Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, 14 minor prophets, all the way to Malachi, all of those prophets spoke by the Spirit, that Christ that was in them, which is the Spirit of God. And they prophesied by that Spirit. When it signified when it testified beforehand, Peter said, the sufferings of Christ. Now, that's the same Christ. Christ the Spirit is going to suffer. Well, Christ as Spirit cannot suffer. But the Christ that will come into the world will, because that Christ, God himself, is going to form himself a body of flesh and blood. 
We see that in Isaiah 43.10. Thus saith the Lord Jehovah God Almighty. Thus saith the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen. That sounds like there's two. But God said there's not. That you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. I am that servant. God is that servant. That was literally took on a body of flesh and blood. How did he do it? Philippians 2, 6 through 8 tells us exactly how he did it. Jesus, who being in the form of God, spirit, thought not robber to be equal with God. Nobody's equal with God except God himself. All the attributes of God are equal from the aloft of the top, the A to the Z, but made himself of no reputation. God made himself of no reputation. Self-imposed limitation is a kenosis. Kenosis. To make void. Why? Because a man lost that only a man can redeem us back. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, and death by sin. Therefore, by one man shall my servant make many righteous. God has to have a man. He can't find one. He becomes that man. He does it by making himself of no reputation because he can't work his spirit. He's going to work as a man because a man lost it. And the man will have to be a man of flesh and blood as a kinsman and redeemer, must fulfill the law in flesh and blood. And Adam after the fall, being one of us, to redeem us that were under the law. So he makes himself of no reputation, takes upon him the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man. God fashioned as a man, humbled himself to the death, the death of the cross. Wherefore God hath highly exalted him above the third heaven and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of the Father. Now, who is this? Well, the Lord said in Isaiah 43.10, it's me. Thus saith the Lord and my servant whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand, I am he. Before me there was no God formed, neither shall be after me. God formed himself a body of flesh and blood. Who is that God? It's Christ. Christ is that spirit. And he made himself a body of flesh and blood. Christ is that man. So now we see that Christ is all offices of the spirit. Christ is all. What is that? Christ is all. And that is all the offices of the spirit of God. Christ is all and in us all. Well, what is that? Well, Ephesians 4 said it's the Father. As we see again, one body, one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, who is above all, the Father of us all, the Father, and in us all, the Father. Well, that is also the Son been glorified back with the fathers. Therefore, it's the Spirit of His Son. There's only one Spirit. Galatians 4, 6, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. Well, because the Spirit of the Son is the Spirit of the Father. That is the doctrine of Christ. Christ is God, who humbled himself and took on a form of a servant, made in the likeness of men. Christ is that man. Death, burial, and resurrection, and Christ went back to the former glory as God, who is Christ. So who is born in the city of David? Christ the Lord. Here's the man. 
Emmanuel, God with us. He's the Christ. However, in Acts 2.36, he's going to go back to his former glory at Christ, after Christ suffers and enters into his glory, that repentance and remission of sins to be preached in his name, Jesus. Well, Acts 2.36, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that same Jesus whom you crucified, God hath made him both Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, and Christ, the Holy Ghost. Well, Christ, the Spirit, in his glory is the Spirit of God. Christ, in his humiliation, is the man. When God humbled himself, took on him the form of a servant, he's a man. Not a God-man, a man. Why? Because he's working only as a man, because he's made himself of no reputation. He's not working his spirit. Only as a man. Because a man lost it. By one man's disobedience, sin came to the world, death by sin. Therefore, by one man, not God, but by one man shall my servant make many righteous. Now, Christ is God. Christ is that man. Always has been God and always will be God. So, what is this doctrine of Christ? Well, we have an unction from the Holy One. And that is in 1 John 2.20. You have an unction from the Holy One. And it says you know all things, and you know all truth, and no lies are the truth. Then it goes on and says, Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Well, remember, Christ is God. Christ is every office. Christ is the Holy Ghost. Christ is the Son of God. Christ is the Father. Christ is the Word. Christ is all that God is. And John tells us in 1 John 2, 2.22, who is a liar but he that neither Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist. Now watch it. If we miss this doctrine of Christ, it's called an Antichrist, something in lieu of the doctrine of Christ. He is Antichrist. If we do not confess that Jesus Christ, that Jesus is the Christ, 1 John 2, 22, whosoever denieth that Jesus is the Christ, Christ is God. Christ is the Son. Christ is the Father. It says, who is a liar, but he denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He's Antichrist that hath denied both the Father and the why? Because Christ is the Father. He is that Spirit. And the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Spirit of God that made himself of no reputation, took on him the form of a servant made in the likeness of men, one and the same Christ, God Almighty. Christ is the man who suffered and died on the cross. Christ is God that literally that all the Old Testament's prophesied by, by the Spirit of Christ. So Christ is that Spirit. And 1 John 5, verse 1, and it says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ, that is, all that God is. He's the Father, Word, Holy. He is Christ. That's the Father, the Son, one and the self-same Spirit. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. That is have so essential. 
But we find that this has not been taught in the churches. And why? Well, because we gather for corn and wine, not considering the work of God. It becomes more of a uh, gathering or a country club than uh, a sorority rather than a church. And that's the reason why that most do not have the doctrine of Christ. And it says, if, if any man abide not in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God's. Second John 9. That's a serious, serious. Now, as we read Second John 9, now, notice also, I'm going to read this. So you'll know that I'm not just quoting it, I'm reading it. And it says in Second John 9, and it says in verse 9, Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, that he's God, he's the Father, he's the Word, he's the Holy Ghost. He is the Son of God, he's the Son of Man. That doctrine of Christ, he has both the Father and the Son. Why? Because Christ is the Father, Christ is the Son. If they abide not in this doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Because Christ is the Father, Christ is the Son. Verse 10. If there come any unto you and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed or blessings of God on you. Verse 11. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. Oh, my goodness. Blood on your hands there. Well, what is that? It's Mr. Babylon, the great, the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth, declaiming three spirits. Three unclean spirits like frogs. Spirits of devils working miracles. She rides upon this scarlet-colored beast, which got its power from the dragon, which had an image to the beast, which that is... There and made the the image of the beast both speak and live, call fire down from heaven. And it deceives the whole world. And that's exactly what's happening to the nations now. Now, it's Mystery Babylon, the great. It's a mother of hearts and abominations. Why is it in bold and bold capital letters? Because it claims itself to be deity, the truth. But when Jesus comes, you'll see that he has on his thigh a name written, King of Kings and Lord of Lords. That's all in bold caps and bold letters because it trumps and destroys the false religions, the mystery of Babylon, the great the mother of harlots. We learn about this harlot. And anyone that sleeps with her gets in a bed with her. In other words, in the doctrine of her. Three unclean spirits like frogs. Spirits of devils working miracles. Somebody says, that's a hard thing. Yes, it is. But it's also the truth. When they will literally cast you out, Jesus said, I have forewarned you that you should not be offended. John 16. The time will come, they're going to deliver you out of the synagogues. Yea, the time cometh that whosoever kills you will think that he did God a service. Why? These things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. They don't know Christ. There's only one 
Christ is God. He is the Father. He's the, if you acknowledge the Son, you automatically have the Father because the Son is the Father revealed. There's only one. Never has been two. Never has been three. And it's not a oneness where the man, they tell you, is not God, but is at the right hand of God glorified. No. That man is God. He is the quickening spirit. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, he's made both Lord and Christ. Acts 2, 36, he's a blessed and only potentate, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God. 1 Timothy 6, 15 and 16. There's not another. And any other thing is a harlot. We see in the book of Proverbs that he warns us of this. He talks about a foolish man. And I'm talking Proverbs 7. And he said to keep my words, get wisdom. And this wisdom and get understanding. And he says, uh, it'll keep you from this false woman, this false church, this false doctrine, this seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. It'll keep you from it. And it says that there was, uh, he looked out of the window of his house and he looked out through his casement and beheld among the simple ones that, he discerned among the youth, a young man, void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner, near this false, this false whore, this prophetess church. And he went the way to her house in the twilight. They think it's in the dark. In the evening, in the black and dark night, and behold, there met him a woman with an attire of a harlot and subtle of heart. She's loud and stubborn. Her feet abode not in her house. Now she without. Now in the streets and lieth and wait at every corner, north, south, east, and west. This has taken the whole world. The Trinity doctrine. She caught him, kissed him, and with an impudent face said unto him, No shame a boldened face with absolutely no shame at all. She said, I have peace offerings with me. This day have I paid my vows. Therefore come I forth to meet you diligently to seek thy face, and I found you. I have decked my bed with coverings of pastry. Oh, she's got it all decked out. Beautiful churches, stained glass windows, beautiful pile carpets, padded pews, Beautiful music. Everything is so decked. With carved works, we see intimate carved engravings on the walls, steeples. Oh, what a beautiful church. With fine linen of Egypt. And I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. It's all set. It's a seducing spirit. Come, let us... Take our fill of love until the morning. Let our solace ourselves. Let's let us solace ourselves with love. In other words, uh, leap for joy for the love that we have for one another. But it's false. For the good man is not at home. That one good man, none good but God, but he's not home. He's gone on a long journey. Jesus said, I'm going away. And you'll be the keepers of the vineyard. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home. When's he coming home? At the day appointed, the day of the Lord. So we've got a lot of time. 
So everything will be fine. Everybody's going to heaven anyway. Come with me in my bed. And she goes after the precious soul. With much fair speech. Well, enticing words of man's wisdom. Not in demonstration power of the Holy Ghost. What did she do? With flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goes after her straightway as an ox goes to the slaughter or as a fool to the correction of the stocks till a dart strikes through his liver. We're talking death here. If you strike through the liver of a man, the blood, it is certain death. There's no way he's going to live. And that is how deadly a false doctrine is. You can't just play around with every doctrine and say, we're all going to heaven. It's a going and thinking everything is fine. It's a seducing, seductive spirit. Mansion and houses and churches with steeples that goes uh, two, three hundred feet high. Stained glass windows, padded views, carved works everywhere. Gold and silver without number. But then there's a dart that thrushes through, strikes through the liver. And it's certain death. As a bird hasteth to the snare and knoweth not that it is for his life. It's not just confessing Jesus and say, Lord, come into my heart. It has to have the doctrine of Christ. The foundation of the church is essential for that salvation. And it says, Hearken unto me now, therefore, O children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded. It deceives the whole world. Yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, but yet, says it's to God, going down to the chambers of death. We cannot commit whoredom with her. When we see that God warns us about this Babylon, and he says, I'm going to give you space to repent. I'm going to give you a time to come out. But if you don't, then I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to destroy you with her. And the whole point being that it's the depths of Satan through this woman. And he gives her space to repent and says, if you don't. And in this going after this harlot, this false church, this false, the anything that denies this doctrine that Christ is one. Here always the Lord our God is one Lord. I give you space to repent, but if you don't, I'll cast you into bed of great tribulation, the wrath of God because of her. It's certain death. And it's simply because that she claims a doctrine that is against Christ. There's only one God, the Holy One of Israel, that the Lord is the Holy One of Israel, the Lord thy Redeemer, God thy Savior. Before me, there was no God formed, 
neither shall be after me, God said, which is Jesus only. But we have hewed out a Trinity doctrine or a binary, their Lord said to my Lord. We have two. Anytime we split that, how we say the man is not God, but he's at the right hand of God glorified. And he's a mediator there, but the spirit is God, but not the man. We've denied the Lord Jesus Christ. It's very serious. And it is certain death that dart will strike through the liver and the blood of the mortars and the blood of the saints will be found in her because of her seductive ways. Any person that calls themselves one God in Jesus only doctrine and you go and you listen to all this and you have fellowship with all this Trinity and you do that thinking you're right with God and you buy the materials and you fellowship with them and you think you're okay. God said at that time, that dart will strike through your liver. You will die. And you bet him Godspeed, you're partaker of the evil deeds. It's just that simple. Now somebody said, well, that's hard. No, you don't have to come out of the world. It says any brother, any brother that calls himself a believer and is in the pernicious, forward, perverse way, have no fellowship with that person. Not that you'd have to come out of the world, but anyone that calls himself a brother. Therefore, if any of ones that know the true Jesus and the doctrine of Christ, and you fellowship that trinity uh, or binary or that and two or oneness, that you say the man's not God, and you give credence to that, and you agree to have fellowship with him, bid him God speak. Go into your house, have fellowship with it. When you do that, God says you're partaker of the evil deeds. The blood's on your hand. So therefore, and not saying we don't, we love. We love all, not that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. But we have to stand for truth. And one that loves you will tell you the truth. And wisdom carries with it reproof, rebuke, and correction. Who will hear? Who will hear this cry of wisdom? And those that do in understanding and knowledge will live and will be saved from the woman. The mystery of Babylon, the great the mother of hearts, abomination of the earth. The false church that will deceive the whole nations. All of them. Deceiveth the whole world. A false Christ. Well, let's make sure that we say in God, in His ways, and walk circumspectly in fear and reverence of our God, knowing that He is the only true God. God in eternal life is not another. So we do not go out there and have a whore with it, but stay a chaste virgin. Literally committed to Jesus Christ and His ways, obedience in all things. By doing that, We'll grow up into Him, not them, in Him and all things. One God people, stay true to your Lord, to the Lord God Almighty. If this strikes and the Holy Ghost bears witness with your spirit, this is the Word of God, we would love to fellowship with you. 
We love to bind in one in the unity of the faith. We love to hear from you. Write to meet Dennis Beard, Post Office Box 2906, Longview, Texas, zip code 75606. Or you can message us. Or if you have a question, drop us a question there over the websites, sailinggodspeople.com, sailinggodspeople.org, or dennisbeard.org. Well, until the next time, this is Brother Dennis Beard saying, Behold, the real Jesus.